Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one Everyone relax, this is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and our pre-season episodes continue. We thought we'd do something a little different to previous years, though. Uh, ordinarily, we'd take some time off. Well, Will would take some time off. I'd, I'd do a little summer series, and then we'd get back into it sort of one week out from round one, and then we would cram all the teams in and, and do a little preview. But we thought we'll take our time. We've got, you know, six weeks till the bounce of the, the first ball. So um, I was going to say bounce of the pill, but I was like, is that copyright infringement with uh, Broden Kelly's podcast? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Imagine if we just started stealing, like, adopting all the things they're doing on yeah, their podcast. We're coming to you <laughs> like, from Ross though, Oakley Studios. We're the heritage act in the market. We start going, we like what Broden and Tom are doing. So we just start having a bed under everything that we do. We start using all the same expressions. We're doing surveys online and we're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. We were here before you were here. How could we, I guess if you're doing the same stuff as us, that must mean that you've ripped it off us. Yeah, I think you, you, sir, are the thieves. Uh, we are Auntie Donna. Let's just gaslight him out of the show. <laughs> I guess. I guess they're right. <laughs> I guess they are. Uh, um, I guess you may have noticed that I did not put a uh, date at the top of the episode, and part of the reason is we're going to bulk record a sort of big season preview because our season preview it is best when it's isolated from the news of the day. I think so. Like, there's no point this being like you know. Someone being injured that week or some particular scandal or whatever else might happen. That's not that's not what this preseason preview. There's going to be enough preseason previews that will take into account the health of the list and you know the psychology of the club and all that. That's not what we that's do not what here. We do. Like I mean, a Will made it very clear last week. He does not pay any attention to preseason news. Football no. does not exist until that pill is bounced. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 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 um, uh, so there's no point, and also like we don't we don't know. I mean, like the stuff happens. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. I have. We barely know anything when the season is going on. I would argue, who knows anything? Okay, well, like, I'll, let's bring time, up one topical thing because we okay. are recording. You know, only yeah. a few days out from this episode will be released. One topical thing, which I was like, is this bad? Is so okay? Jack Silvani done an ACL. Terrible news. Yes. I had a few of my Carlton mates, you know, texting me, and I was mm. like. Yeah, okay, that that's bad news, but don't they have like a heaps of like gun forwards? Like, I mean, I like Jack, and I don't wish anyone to miss a season of football with an injury, but that's not the area of the ground that the Blues are most efficient, right? The player who gets constantly speculated about whether he has a role in the starting <laughs> 18 of your team or not, yeah, I don't reckon that's the biggest loss going into the season is – and. Yeah, I agree with you. You don't want to see any – he's a bit of a heart and soul player and legacy. I think that what people – We are a legacy podcast. He's that, a legacy player. <laughs> but also I think that what people like about Jack is that we followed the entire journey. He's like the kid of an absolute legend of the club, but that comes with its own weight and baggage and maybe he's never going to be 
that sort of player and then people readjusted their expectations and then I think there's been a bit of a like swing back in Jack's favour. You know, for a while he was a bit of the whipping boy and now I think that he's a bit of the heart and soul and so nobody likes to see it. However, of all the people who'll be fine, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Like – I mean, he, he doesn't need to have anything below functional below the waist. Like his upper what? body is so magnificent. Like he is so about? beautiful. Like, I mean, he can limp Where around from modelling job to modelling job for the rest of oh, his right. life. Yes, it doesn't matter. You. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some people. Have you looked at like Clayton Oliver's head? Like mm. he's not. There's he's not. He's unemployable outside okay. football. Whereas Jack. Can be like you I've know, been, Jack can be holding a suitcase on deal or no deal by the end. I've of the been work. thinking about this a lot though because um, mm. I was looking at Jack Steele uh, when I was doing one of my preseason training uh, video viewings, and I was like, "Gee, he's a handsome man. He's such a good-looking man." Yeah. But then I realised because I you get fooled with footballers. There is football mm. hot, and then there's regular hot. Like yeah. I think for even like the hottest footballer, the best-looking footballer who's ever played the game, who would that be? Like who was? Who is like just ridiculously good looking as a footballer? Like who's the best looking? Alex Rance comes to yeah. mind. Okay, even an Alex Rance, I guarantee. Like just as a handsome looking sort of like traditionally handsome media. Two things happen sort of when you got a good looking footballer. You either get yeah. up close and you say, "Oh yeah, they've had their nose busted a few times." You know, they've yeah. just got blemishes and you know from exposure from doing their preseason in the hot sun, or they start talking. And either of those two things takes him down. Like if they're a 10, a football 10, that takes him down a couple of notches, I reckon. Yeah, but that's the same with everything. Uh, like nothing is good if you look at it up close. Like I remember being backstage at a music festival with Kate Moss around a like open fire and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> like some of the appeal, you know, went away if you got she up close. She into Grover from the Muppets. Is that what happened? <laughs> But my point being that it's all an illusion. Uh, like if you separate not true. the mystique of Kate Moss from Kate Moss, then it's all part. The, like no, but I look. I worked on Home and Away. I saw pure, beautiful people up close, and beautiful people, real beautiful people. The closer you get, you know, they don't diminish in beauty, even when they start talking. Yeah, but not beautiful, memorable people, because the most beautiful people really become the most like most of the people, even in Hollywood and stuff, that we consider to be. Like you know, they start. They're not the always the most conventionally attractive people. If you actually take them out of the context of being an actor, like Ryan Gosling, their job is to look good. Ryan Gosling, you think you put Ryan Gosling in any context, he's good looking. Good looking, but not like even maybe necessarily the best looking of all his friends. Yeah, you know? I guess. Like so. he, if he lived at like Byron Bay or like you know in like Bondi or whatever, like yeah, he would be like. A guy okay. who was in a group of other guys who were also equally as good looking as You're right. As I, I guess my point being that, like, you know, in, in ter- for an industry which doesn't value looks. <laughs> Welcome to our AFL adjacent <laughs> podcast. <laughs> for an industry that doesn't value looks as an important commodity, yeah. then I guess, yeah, you can have really good looking footballers. But then compare them to any other industry, you know, like acting or like modeling or anything like that. And they, I think they would barely. Right a mention. Well, yes, but also because they have shaped their entire existence and being to being an AFL footballer, not to being. See, this is why I think you can't separate it because, like, 
whoever this cool model – Timothy Chalamet didn't always – he didn't just like pop out and it was a big baby with like boofy <laughs> black hair. hair and he looked like <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, right? Like that – what we imagine that being was created and shaped and designed. You even see this within actors who – can get in very different body shapes and presentations for different roles. And they can – so you could do the same thing with these professional athletes. They've been styled for functionality Mm. with a little bit of flair, right? But when you're putting in a professional athlete out there, the majority of it is you've got to like – the athletic bit's got to work. Whereas like if you're like a model or an actor or whatever, you can – It's your face, baby. Like you work on different – you work on different muscles, yeah. right? You can't tell me that Chris Hemsworth's working out any more than like a rugby league player. They're just doing different exercises and that's why they look different. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, it's pre-season. <laughs> pre-season. <laughs> this is our favourite part of the season. And so we're doing all these in January yeah. and then uh, Charlie's having a little bit of a break and I've got to write a comedy festival show. So uh, they will pop up. We'll, we'll separate them out so that you get – a longer version of our traditional pre-season ramble. But the great thing is, this is, I guess, what we were selling as being a positive, mm. is because we're recording them all in January, none of these opinions <laughs> are going to be affected in any way by when you will be hearing this and what the context is. And I think that just adds an extra layer because we know fuck all anyway. Yeah. And it will be hilarious to see how many of the fuck all things we know are already wrong by the time people well, hear this I podcast. Think, well, I think what's going to happen is it's not just that. <laughs> it's going to be an extreme – it has the potential to be an extremely lopsided preseason preview because, yes, we're recording the next four episodes all in January in bulk and then I'm going away and you're having a break. And then we're coming back and we'll go back to sort of being more of a topical weekly podcast where we'll have more information. So, like, you know, if a disaster befalls any of the teams we're previewing in the next four weeks, then, yeah, they're going to be out of date quick. But I think we should be back on on level by the last four four episodes. Well, I think in that case, the teams that – most likely we need the up-to-date information to make our decisions are going to be the top end, right? So I think in format we should start – like Drake style, we should start at the bottom and then work towards getting back up to date as we talk about the teams that are in contention probably for the the final. And the good thing about that is do you ever notice – because you – well, you are always alphabetically last as a Bulldog supporter until the um, Zimbabwe Zebras uh, (laughs) admitted into the AFL, you will most likely be. Or the uh, – the the, the X-Mouth X-Rays. Would that be – are they likely to be a football team? I think – isn't X-Mouth spelt E-X though? Oh, shit. Yeah. I was think I was going off the mascot <laughs> X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a place that starts with X? Like, uh, I'm sure uh, in South America probably. With... Okay. Yeah, but what's the closest we can get? To Australia? Like because it has to Anywhere be – in Australia in a, like... that begins with X. Oh, like, you know what? We're overlooking the absolute obvious. We just need a, a Chinese team in. Oh. There's so many. Like, there's literally. Jing, Zhang, Zhong? Yeah, I mean, that sounded worse than. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, there is a China mad for a place starting with X. Okay. So we just, we just need to restart the China games again yeah. and we can get the Jing, uh, yeah. Zhang X rays. 
<laughs> and you'll no longer be the, the last team mentioned. But I find that with St Kilda, like whenever there's like, you know, your teams mustn't, you know, your biggest takeaways in this round and you always have to scroll down to the bottom of the page. So Bulldog supporters, Saints supporters, Swan supporters, Eagle supporters, Richmond supporters, Port supporters. <laughs> Well, look out. We're getting to you guys first. <laughs> so let's start with the Western Bulldogs. Now, I assume you know who the captain, the coach, and the reigning best and fairest is. Let's see if I can deduce who that would be. Uh, well, um, Luke Beveridge is the coach. I'd say the captain is yes. Marcus Bontempelli, and I'd say your best player from last year was also Marcus Bontempelli. By about double to the next. Really? Like, well, I've got the actual best yeah. and fairest results here. This is what I'm drawing from. So let's take a look at... The Bulldogs. Do you reckon you could name the top five in the Bulldogs? No, not a chance. I reckon I could give you – I mean, I'm happy to have a guess. Yeah. But I don't think I – so in no – well, let's go for order and see. So yeah, go on. I, second in <laughs> the best – the stars. Second in the best in Ferris would have been Libba, I would yep. imagine. Um, You're right. He, he won by third. almost 150 points though. You're right. So I'll give you some – they've got yeah. some info in here on how the Bulldogs do their voting because each club is different. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that's good actually. That'll, that'll be helpful. Oh, they don't actually say that. Oh, yes, how it works. Each member of the five-person match committee rates each player in a scale of zero to five uh, mm -hmm. each match. Okay, so zero to five. So, look, I, I don't – wouldn't necessarily know the order of the rest of them, but I would suggest that – there would be Liam Jones would Correct. be in the top five. Came in fifth, so you only and, have to name third and fourth now. Okay. Tim English would be in the top five. No, he finished seventh. Oh, Adam really? Adam finished higher than Tim oh. English. Okay. The All-Australian Ruckman. Well, he made the All-Australian Ruckman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, okay, well, that then does make it more interesting. Um, Use your head, Will. Use your head. I think you'll be able to Ed Richards yeah. would have been my next Yeah, guess, you know, breakout star. You'd have a breakout yeah, well, season. Yeah, well, this is what I was saying. What did he, what did he come in the best and fairest, Ed Richards? A third. Yeah, a third okay. The best so, and okay. So, <laughs> literally finish. the point I was making yeah. on the podcast the other day that I don't think third in the best and fairest behind Bontempelli and Libertore <laughs> enables you to be considered 2024's breakout star. Um, um, and then. Jamara? No, Jamara came in 10th. Mm. Aaron Norton, 9th. Yeah. Bailey Dale, 8th. Yeah. So ruling those two out to give you a clue. Gee, what short memory you have. Okay. I'm just trying really to think short of memory. Like, oh, Put Caleb, on your thinking cap. Caleb Daniel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. He, was, he had a pretty good season. Uh, now, we discussed the Bulldogs disappointing uh, uh, 2023. What are we What are we vibing on? Like, I think everyone's gone off the boil. The Bulldogs felt like they had a lot of enthusiasm at the start of last season because it's like it was only, you know, a year ago that they were competing for a grand final. They've got all the tools. They've got one of the best lists going around. That was the common refrain from 2023. What did you think about that? Well, you know what, Charlie? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to tell you is that you are now talking to a uh, Western Bulldogs power broker uh, that you see in it front happened? of you right now. I've decided to accept the invitation to the Bulldogs culinary. Oh, wow. Gee, that's amazing. I feel, wow. Do I have to – what do I address you as? <laughs> I don't think there's any official – like, I mean, there's several coteries, but, like, one of them I have been invited to and uh, I am going to take my oh, place so amongst great. the power brokers. Think about all the, the inside goss we're going to get. You've got to bloody – you're going to have to create an alias – 
so you can like send us information so there's no like can't be traced back to you well one of the things that i can now do like part of my powers that i that come with being part of the coterie is that um like if you want to like you know go down to the like you know like if i want to ring up the coach and say hey let's go down to training and have a look Someone, someone will sort that out, you know, if you want to go down the rooms like of the game. Like closed you know. sessions, close to the public, close to the media sessions, you can get in there? Yeah, I reckon. I don't really know, but like Mate, <laughs> I reckon. We've got to get you. We need to set you a challenge now. We've got to – because we can't just yeah. have your like, – Be on the board by the end of 2025. Yeah, but what's the challenge? Like getting Bevo to say something or getting a, getting Bevo to show you how to do a kickflip kick ollie. Hmm. <laughs> that's what I exercise my power yeah. for. <laughs> so, 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 I say, you know what the problem is, boys? You know, is, is that Bevo won't show me how to do a kickflip ollie. <laughs> and I start to get like a whispering campaign behind the scenes about what's gone wrong at the Bulldogs is Bevo won't show me how to do a kickflip ollie. How are you feeling about this coming season? Where are Bulldog supporters' heads Don't know. Out? That's why it's great to be involved. Yeah. Throwing my weight behind the club. And then if shit goes down, I can be amongst the Game of Thrones style, like behind the scenes, power shenanigans that go down. I thought, you know what? It's either a time of great regrouping and stability at the club. Like that's the positive story, right? We've done this review of the club. They've renegotiated some of the roles. Like hopefully this is a good opportunity for the club to – it's getting their shit together off the field. Like, you know, they are putting more work into the club as a whole. Like maybe this is – you know, we had a bit of a wobble, but you need a bit of a wobble and it all settles down and we've got this great list and this great coach and everything's roses. Imagine. Or. Go on. <laughs> yeah, or. or no, just the other, right? Or it all fucking falls apart. And either way, that's when shit gets really interesting, right? Like if it all becomes a bit, everyone's scrambling for power and whispering to each other behind the scenes and it's the end of the Bulldogs' most successful modern era and now everybody's fighting <laughs> for their bit of the pie and I'm like in there like a little finger whispering in people's ears just like it's because Bevo wouldn't show me a kickflip bolly. If he just comes down and shows me a kickflip bolly, then everything's going to be okay. I just reckon, I actually the other way I was just blue skying it I was like what if Will becomes responsible for the Bulldogs most successful period of football ever like multiple flags record Mm. profits you know you build an extra wing on the Witten Oval you know you you get rid of the Witten statue and put up like a 3D like two-pack style Ted Witten like people can come and see Ted there just like walking around (laughs) the Witten Oval he he does the we stuck him why have you resurrected me I was his greatest please let me rest he does all his greatest hits no he does the we stuck it up him you can go around in the car it's like (laughs) yeah that's better than my idea I don't know why you would create that 3D Ted Whitney who just wanted to be put back into the grave. Well, we've already got a connection with Marvel. Our president, like, you know, works at Disney Marvel, is one of the big, like, senior executives there. How about I come in with the whole sort of pitching, yeah, the next evolution of the Western Bulldogs experience, like turning turning it into kind of like being the club that really does adopt that whole yeah, why why not? Like on game day, the boys are out there and they're being addressed by like a hologram of Ted Wynn. Yeah. Like can't you can't tell me that Bevo wouldn't get on board with a bit of I that. I think it's awesome. Like have a haunted mansion style kind of like Hall of Fame, like Bulldogs yeah. Hall of Fame, where you walk yeah, in through like, the foyer. Yeah, like there's 
like giant Simon yeah, Beasley. There's, there's Doug Hawkins saying, like, 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 specifically, I specifically ordered that. I specifically. And then there's like, you're getting pinched by Libba down yeah. as you walk through the haunted Wintnival. <laughs> there's Simon Beasley Robert looking Ron Awakens there 50 with his years dick old. <laughs> He's only 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm all, I'm all for that. Um, okay, yeah. so my vibe on the Bulldogs is that this is good for you. Like, Bulldogs didn't sit well with having high expectations. You're the bottom boys. No. Like, it's better when you're under the radar. And everyone kind of, I think, has gone off the doggies a little bit. And I think that's yeah, a perfect chance for you to kind of rebuild your reputations and get back into it. And, I mean, you still have the best player in the competition, even though he hasn't been recognised like that. And you've got the best ruckman going around, and you got Liver. I think it. I think it's, it, and you got Rory Lobb. It's it's happy times for the Bulldogs. What are we going to do with Rory Lobb though? Like that's throwing uh, back do with Rory Lobb. So now you need defenders. Throw him back. Center half back. Intercepting defender. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a center half back. Somehow. Why didn't? Why not? I don't. Okay, well, but why don't you pay him off the halfback so someone else is accountable for the center half forward and he just floats in? Like he's good at getting in the way. So just mm. say, Rory, your job is just to kind of, <laughs> when they're attacking, just put your big gangly just, frame in the way. But what if by telling him to get in the way, it has the opposite effect? Like when he's trying to not be in the way, he gets in the way. So if you tell him to be oh, in the right. way, he might start. then suddenly he's not in the way. Yeah, well, okay, in the right tell place. him. Well, that's a win-win, tell I him guess. To, no, put him forward then and say get in the yeah. way. And then he'll get out of the way, and so Jamara can have a clean one of the ball. Like that's a it's like draw a yeah, defender. Okay. So play him forward and tell him to get in the way, or play him back and tell Confuse him, him to get out of the way. Yeah. Just constantly be fucking with his head. It's yeah. the only way we can manage this situation. He can never know if you're serious or not. So you didn't make finals last year. No. Is there is there a like how much pressure is, is Bevo under this year? Do you think no finals is he's gone? What this kind? What just depends. It depends, like, what your attitude to where the Bulldogs are at is. And I've now as one of the major power brokers down at the club, Charlie, I've got to really have a good, serious think about what it is that I believe. Because if I'm going to start a whispering campaign at any stage, I've actually got to work out what it is that I'll be whispering about. Like, I can't just go in all wishy-washy, like, and just be randomly just whispering things. I need to have, like, a point mm. and a perspective. You know, I need to have a point of view. And he's mine at the moment. I reckon Bevo's earned – like, I think all the things that we've done are the right things. I'm not one of those people who – there's a certain amount of people at the Bulldogs who I think have very short memories mm. who are just like, we've got to get rid of Bevo. It's time for Bevo to move on. Maybe it is. Maybe we have got to the end of what it means to have him as a coach. But I think he's he's earned the right as someone who thought that I would never see my team play in a grand final. Twice in his years at the club, he's like given me the opportunity to see my team play in a grand final. Like he could be shit for the next 20 years and like there's part of me that's like, you earned it, mate, right, you know? Like you did it. I think probably it's this year because if he does well this year, then that's, you know, it's good news and we can turn it all back around. If he doesn't, then I think he needs to move on while there's still currency because he's a good coach. The only reason that it might not be working anymore is that maybe there is a limit to – what we're going to find out is, is there a limit to the style of coaching he does at, with one particular new group of players or can you, you know – 
can you reimagine it? Can you do a reboot? Like when you're an inspirational coach, you know, and your plan is the overall plan, after a while it doesn't work on everybody. Yeah. Not everybody gets caught up in the magic of it and it has diminishing returns. So it's whether he can, you know, come up with new stories. And, and so what is though, like what makes him safe? Top four, he's safe. Uh, finals, finals is fine. But what if it, it depends how you get into the finals? If you just scrape into the bottom like you always do <laughs> since 2016, yeah. I mean, is that good enough? If people are already sort of sick of Bevo, are they going to accept us more of the same? Well, this is what I mean though when it comes to power broking. Right. This, this power broking that I'm going to have to get in there and do, there's going to be people who start the whole, you know, Bevo's not the guy and then there's got to have to be the people who got Bevo's back. Mm. Got Bevo's and, back. And I've decided at the moment I'm I'm a Bevo's bottom boy back boy. Backer. You're his backbacker. <laughs> yeah, I'm a backbacker. <laughs> Bevo's bottom boy backbacker. Um, yeah. All right. I I think dogs will – I mean the safe bet with the dogs is to say if we're doing top six, middle six, bottom six is middle six because yes. that's where they are all the time. Of course. Do I want to be bold and say top six? Because I actually – I'm a believer in the Bulldogs. I just – I don't know what happened to you last year. just couldn't get your shit together. We could not. I'm going to be safe and say middle six. Yeah, me too. Okay. I think middle six. All right. Let's move our attention now to the West. The West okay. Coast Eagles specifically. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you surprised me by telling me last week that they have a new captain who's a player I thought played for the Bulldogs and his name is <sighs> Doug. I can't even remember Doug his name. is Doug Walters. Doug Dugson? Doug's Doug Walters. Duggan. Duggan. Liam Duggan. Liam Duggan. Liam Duggan. <laughs> Not Doug. It doesn't sound like his name though. Doug Duggan. Not Doug Duggan. Liam Duggan. Yeah. Is that his name? I, don't I feel like this is like an Alzheimer's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, I've got I've got it here. I've got all the info here. Like I just I'm, I'm okay. just testing you. Um, okay, okay, so it's uh, I say Liam Duggan, and the coach is still Adam Simpson, which blew my mind. It can't be. It's it's impossible to believe that it is the case. But Adam Simpson is still coach oh, of the West Coast. Eagles. Okay, it's co-captains. Liam Duggan is yes. definitely one of the captains, and the other one is. Yeah, the guy that you said last week was one of the co-captains. Oscar He's Adams. the blonde guy who yeah. plays Oscar Ad Oscar Allen. Oh. <laughs> Oscar <laughs> Allen. And I was just about to say, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's my favourite West Coast player that I can't remember. Oscar Allen. Yeah. Oscar Adams. Um, <laughs> uh, Adam Adam Oscarson. Still the coach. Uh, now, okay, if we had to rank their best and fairest, I think I remember this was a bit of trivia – that I got last time. I believe their best and fairest is Tom oh. Barras. Do you want to really? counterpoint that? Yeah, Tim Kelly. I reckon Tim Kelly. Oh, yeah, I was completely wrong. Tom Barras won last year. I must have been, did I, I must yeah. have blacked out for 12 months. I thought it was last year. No, I you're 100% right. That's what they would prefer to you to do at West Coast. Yeah, you've woken up 12 months later and Adam Simpson is still the coach. <laughs> we can't work it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Barras didn't even make their top 10. Can you take a punt at the next on the list? Oh, Should be pretty easy. The next two. The next, the next two. Allen. Two and three. Uh, Oscar Allen is second. Tim and Kelly, Oscar Allen, and... Should be easy, considering um, what we've just been discussing. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Timmy Duggan. <laughs> Liam Duggan. 
Liam Duggan. Uh, I've, now it's all coming back to me. We did a big search on Liam Duggan last week. Remember, you looked him up, you described him to me, yes. played like 150-something games, and I completely I forgotten honestly that. honestly can't remember I him. mean, there's no I excuse. Just had a, it's just – It's not even since last season. Compl- it's like a week How ago How am we I going to remember it? Okay. Liam Monday we recorded. It's been four days since we okay. last recorded when we talked about Liam and I couldn't so remember. So Liam is the last part of my name and Duggan as in – like it's a mining city, Western Australia, yeah. Duggan. Like that's how I'm going to remember it. Yeah. Liam Duggan. Um, okay. So what do we think about the Eagles? Um, last. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yes, last. Harley Re- that is exactly what I think. <laughs> Harley Reid um, Reid will do some good things, we hope. The back page no, of the I- West Australian mm. had some Eagles great comparing him to Chris Judd. Okay, in that he'll go back to Victoria. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, I think that Harley Reid is obviously the most interesting story, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's the thing that everybody is most fascinated about is, is this kid as good as everybody suggested he was? And our expectations, I think, have been so raised by Ashcroft and Dacos in particular mm. coming onto the scene and just being able to play excellent football at the highest level almost immediately. This idea that, you know, these Sheasel, like these that these kids will take time to become senior AFL footballers. Of course, some of them still need to, mm. but there are some who are just like, no, no, I'm ready to go. Well, it depends where you're playing, right? So like Dacos, mm. Ashcroft, Sheasel all got sort of deployed – well, Ashcroft went in the guts, I guess, but the other two were deployed yeah. off the halfback flank. Halfbacks. Which is kind yeah. of a good way to sort of like ease someone into the pace of like senior footy, right? Mm. From my understanding, which is why you said, yeah, he's on. like a, he's a big, he's like more a Bontempelli type, like a big bodied, powerful midfielder who can also drift forward. So, what are you going to do with this brand new toy? You're going to chuck him in the guts already, or are you just going to ease him in off halfback? We are two guys. I think it's fair to say Harley Reid is already their be- third best player. I think their best player is Tim Kelly and their second best player is Oscar Allen and their third best player is Harley Reid. And their fourth best player is, of course, Liam Duggan. And after that, I'm not sure I can name another player. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the top – I'll round out the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Hunt, ex-Melbourne player. Shannon Hearn, who I thought had retired. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think their he former captain, now. right? Yeah. Um, Bailey Williams, doesn't he play for the Bulldogs or do you also have a Bailey mm. Williams? Where? Well, we oh, do you, no, you do. have a Bailey, someone Bailey. Oh, you have a Bailey Williams? Mm, oh, yeah. We've got all the Bailey's you need. What do you need? We've got a Bailey <laughs> Dale. We've got a Bailey <laughs> Williams. Bailey here, Bailey there. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Gaff, is he? I thought he would retire. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Alex Witherden, who I'm sure is a player. And then, uh, oh, sorry, Tom Barras did come in the top ten. He tied uh, for ninth with Noah Long, okay. who was also a player, right. I believe. I mean, I'm not that familiar with many of those, I will say. No. Um, I know the ones used to play for other teams. <laughs> it is Kelly, very hard for me to Jane believe Hunt. that they will not come last again. Well, I guess it just depends how North go. Can North cover the fact that they don't have defenders? But we'll get to that in the North preview. Uh, last team, Will, is the Sydney Swans. Um, 
So we can both have a crack. They normally have like six captains. So this we might need to work on this together. Um, their guy did his shoulder, Callum Mills. Yes. He was a captain because I remember Definitely Kane ranting about yep. how irresponsible that was. Um, Mills, old mate Parker. Who uh, is Luke Parker? Yeah, isn't he? Cap- isn't he a captain? I don't know. Isaac. I Haney? reckon they've got is three. Isaac Haney a captain. What about Jake Lloyd? Is Jake Lloyd a captain? Ah, uh, who? Well, what about old mate who plays in the back pocket? Wasn't he captain at some stage? Who's old mate who plays in the back the pocket? Old, Callum, you know, that the, is Callum Mills. Oh, Dane Rampey. No, no, Dane Rampey. Wasn't Dane Rampey captain at some stage? I, to be honest, I confuse Dane Rampey and Callum Mills. I don't know the difference yeah. between the two of them. Well, they're different people. And I think I know. they've both been captain at some stage. <laughs> Everyone's been captain at the Swans. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you have like a dual identity, the, it's bad to become like co-captains because you're fucking exposed straight away. Well, it's just like one captain because everybody thinks we're the same person. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to um, say Luke Parker, Callum Mills, and it's either Rampy or Heaney. I'm going to say okay. Rampy. Rampy, Mills, Parker. What are you going to say? I'm going to say- I mean, you don't even have to go with co-captains if you don't want to. I mean, it's definitely co-captains. I mean, it could be one of five co-captains as far as I'm concerned because I've named all of them. But I'm going to say Mills, Heaney, and- yeah, okay. I'm happy with your answer. Mills, Heaney, and, and Parker. Okay, Mills, Heaney, and Parker. The captains are Callum Mills, Luke Parker, and Dan Ampey. <laughs> Did I say Heaney or Rampy? I can't even remember. We said Haney, didn't we? Not Rampy. Well, I can't remember. I, I honestly, like, I can't, can't remember well, who Liam Duggan it's they're just a group of like random similar-ish players that float in and out of that leadership group and confuse the rest of us. <laughs> um, okay, now I feel like it should be pretty easy to guess their best and fairest. That would be oh, uh, Errol, Errol. You think? Er, uh, yes, Errol Golden. I'd imagine, unless they have some system at the Swans where, like, because he came home very strong. But, yeah. like, I could imagine that, like, there maybe there was, like, a player if it's over a period of games, like, for the season, who maybe polled him more games than he did. I reckon Errol – no, Errol won. Errol by an absolute streak. Okay. Listen to this, how the, the Swans mm-hmm. vote. This is fascinating. Club champion votes are awarded by the coaching staff. A player can be awarded a maximum of 50 votes per game. And coaches can allocate up to 10 <laughs> votes so, for as many. That's so Sydney. Ridiculous. <laughs> we go big. Votes a game. <laughs> we are a million votes per game. Yeah. <laughs> well, Errol Goulden, uh, the six billion yeah. votes <laughs> to yeah. win the best and fairest. 50 votes per game. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And coaches can allocate up to 10 votes for as many or as few players as they deem appropriate per match. Okay. So it's only really up to – it's so it's 50 – 50 votes 50 per total. game. But, yeah, yeah. But still, like, it's ridiculous. Just do three, two, one. <laughs> still a lot of bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah, when the old system was fine. Uh, but Errol won by a lot. He would have like, got a lot of 50 voters. <laughs> Seven, yeah, 738 <laughs> votes. The next best was 481. So almost doubled second place. But can you the, – the two podium the system, finish – But when the system makes no sense, like that system makes no sense – like even you saying 700 to 400, it does sound like it's a big <laughs> – but it could be like three games or something. I don't yeah, know how your system works. 
so if you can pick the other two podium finishes, I'll give you a hundred bucks oh, because really? it's not any of the pl- the obvious players. Okay. One player, like I, he's a bit of a cult hero. Like I know the commentators love, uh, mainly yeah, because um, of his nickname. Yes. Uh, so um, Blakey. Yes, Nick Blakey, the lizard. The commentators. Yes. Every a time season. a commentator calls him the lizard, they all do it as if they're the first person to have called him this. Do you notice that? Like they all take such great pleasure in calling him the lizard. And it's like, you know, everyone calls him the lizard. So funny, Charlie. <laughs> they all just know how funny it is to call him the lizard. Like, and they all get the opportunity to tell what I think we can all agree is <laughs> the funniest joke that has ever been told. And so when people get to tell the funniest joke that has ever been told, you can imagine that they would enjoy Because like, Charlie... They call him the lizard. I get it. Because lizards lizard? don't. Lizard. <laughs> Why? No, no. I'm not going to get into it. I don't care. I don't is it care. To do, well, this is the other thing. Is it because he looks like a lizard or is it like uh, like a reference to like flat out like a lizard drinking? Like is it a drinking reference? Like like is lizard like a lounge lizard? Like someone who like dominates at the nightclubs? Like it is. is it that kind of rounded shoulder look that he has much like – I guess like a lizard might have like that long elongated elongated sort of neck and then the like the shorter dinosaur like shoulders that like a lizard might be getting around like I mean what or is it be, is the reason it's such a good joke because it works for all of those things and he's just that is just the greatest of all jokes. All right, well we've got okay, we've got two options here. Well, let, let's mm. delve into this. So we firstly, we have um we have the AFL captain's reveal some of the league's funniest nicknames. So Apparently, Nick Blakey is known as Lizard because, and this is a quote, he looks mm. like a lizard off Men in Black. Now, okay. I think back to the original Men in Black and the, yeah. the, the villain was a cockroach, not a lizard. I don't actually remember. Oh, the lizards are the little guys who walk around the Men in Black airport. They're like, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. they're probably some offensive ethnic uh, stereotype. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? They're really long torsos. T- tiny heads, long torsos. Yeah, it's not. That's not good. Okay, it's not. <laughs> it's right. not. It doesn't. As in, like, that's not. It's fun. I, now that I know the origin story, I'm not sure this actually is the funniest nickname of all time, Charlie. It isn't, and we've got Daisy Thomas here to explain yeah. why uh, it's the best nickname going around. Short okay. clip, only thirty seconds. This is uh, Daisy Thomas. The Lizard is the best nickname in the competition. <laughs> yes, uh, that's Ed income. Trash Panda, if that takes off, will be close behind it. But at the minute, the Lizard is not only the best nickname, but the best fitting. He moves like a lizard. He somewhat looks like a lizard. And no disrespect for Nick, but he doesn't have shoulders. There's little arms that come out. And you can just imagine him scurrying up a wall at some stage. James O'Shaw reckon his tail fell off. On the yeah. weekend when he well, you can see it as he walks. If he did have a tail and he, when he runs, it'd almost look better. Uh, it's brilliant. And he's playing some serious football as well. <laughs> we call oh, that a, back, a backhanded compliment in the game. <laughs> can, can oh, my God, I'm just going to roast you, roast your the, physical appearance for 30 seconds. No, no, no. They're talking about what is, again, I'm back. It's the height of all comedy. Now that I've had it explained again, I mean, that is good fun stuff because he looks like a lizard, Charlie. Don't you understand? Yeah. Like they call him the lizard and the funny story behind that is they think that he in some way resembles a lizard. 
That is a joke that will never like the, the more you say it, the funnier it is. That like this guy looks like a lizard. Can you imagine such a hilarious thing? <laughs> who's the co- who's the coach of the Sydney Swans? Well, John Longmire. I didn't seriously think you wouldn't know that, but you know, I just want to I just want to make sure we're, we're dotting our eyes and crossing our teeth. Do you know why they call him horse? It's not because he looks like a horse. Well, I mean, I think. <laughs> <my regard. laughs> Um, so Swans, I said last week that the Swans didn't make finals, uh, but I was wrong. They did make finals because of what yes. happened in Adelaide. In Adelaide, yes. Um, so they made they finals. Didn't. Morally, they didn't make the finals, but they did. So after a pretty rough start to the season, um, you know, farewelling buddy and stuff, they, they, they did okay. Everyone, this is, they're the big sort of like, they're not the dark horse, but that's, this is the team that everyone thinks is going to jump out of the bottom half of the eight into the top four. That they have all. Well do. They could. I uh, I don't know. I think that what goes in their favour is the SCG. Yeah. But they don't have Buddy anymore. Do they have another player who can just dob it from the centre square? I mean, this is where they hope that like Logan McDonald or one of these who can play players, but he's no Buddy. Yeah, becomes well, nobody is though. Like, I mean, Buddy's one of the probably top ten players in the history of the game. So. It's going to be hard for anybody to step exactly into there. But you would maybe hope that, you know, I mean, they became very buddy-focused. It was impossible not to be. And that maybe a combination of giving other people, like, roles to play in their forward line, then you get more value out of, you know, three people being able to, like, and, you know, they're all going forward. And, um, you know, you've still got Papley as, like, like a gun you know, mm-hmm. small forward and then oh, you maybe- Oh, God, I forgot about Tom Papley. I've had like four yes. months of not having to think of that annoying little face, those celebrations. Oh, I just felt a surge of anger rise <laughs> up my spine when you mentioned the name Tom Papley. Well, you might see that. more Papley because like they might, you know, use the bigger guys as a bit more, you know, the small forwards might come to the fore and so it might be yeah. a big year for Tom Papley. Okay, top six, middle six, bottom six. Uh, top top six, I think. Yeah, I think top six too. I think that uh, I think that's safe to say. It could be exciting times for the Swans. What I like about the Swans, despite my previous beef with them, is that they are a consistent football club, much like the Cats. But unlike the Cats, they have more youth. Like they have sort of like held the ship steady while they've been through this mini rebuild or reset or whatever it's been. And they just look good again. And they have that stability of the coach and the board and, you know, those fucking fair-weather supporters who only go for teams that are successful. But, you know, they've got them. Well, that's, but that's what I like about Sydney is that Sydney, I think I've fought against it for too long, which is this idea that I think it's good that the teams all have their individual personalities and the competition needs a Sydney that is Sydney. We shouldn't be trying to change Sydney. Like Sydney is a club where they give out 50 votes a game. They're bigger, they're better, they're brasher. That's what they are. And you know what? They reward success because they're Sydney, man. Sydney's about being successful. So if you're not being successful, there's other shit in Sydney to go and have a look at. I could be looking at water right now. Have you seen the water in Sydney? <laughs> I could be looking at the water right now. So you better be bloody good or I'm just going to go and look at the water. <laughs> 
Uh, I've got a letter here uh, while we're talking about Sydney. This is from okay. uh, Luke. Uh, hey, fellas, was reading the book Yellow on Black over the holidays. It's about the 2017 Richmond Premiership year. When I came across this exchange between Jack Revolt and Jordan Lewis as they prepared to go on AFL 360. Okay. The topic was about which halfbacks were all in all Australian contention. Mm-hmm. Revolt said, there are a few options there. Elliot Yo, Sam Doherty, Rory Laird, Jake Lloyd's having a great year. Jordan Lewis responded, who? Who's he play for? Is it Sydney? <laughs> great to see you guys have had your fingers on the pulse circa 2017. <laughs> Have a great year. I mean, that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to leave it as well. We'll be back yeah. next week. Uh, we'll be previewing the Saints, the Tigers, and Port Adelaide. Also on some exciting news, brand new episodes of Tofot for 2024 uh, in the feed. There'll be one uh, coming out on Wednesday. Philosophy uh, is also uh, new episodes coming out this week as well. All your podcast needs at Everyone Relax. Will, have you got shows to promote? I do. Uh, Will Legitimate is the name of my uh, touring show, touring all over Australia. It is on sale now in all those places. Please come and see it. And if you want to support the show, uh, Everyone Relax, the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash, I think it's TOEFOP or did I change it to Everyone Relax? It's, I'll, I'll work out what it is and put it in the link. Yeah. Anyway. There'll be a link. <laughs> There'll be Follow a link. The link. <laughs> Play on Not 15. Bye. Say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. Listener.